Yeah, these things are kind of like precarious. They don't. Yeah. You know what? Huh. It's the best we can do on the budget we have. Oh no, they're great. I just have like normally when I pull push up this oh. arm, that doesn't pop out. That was my my it was like this has literally never <laughs> happened before. Uh, Maybe I don't push it like that. Man. To the limit, limit. I'm really excited to talk about your book. Are you? Yeah, are you? That's <laughs> so funny. Why? Are you not? I would <gasps> not say that I'm not excited, but... Wait! This is... Okay, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. Ooh. And I also think that you should probably go over the plot, because... I feel mm-hmm. like you might have more detailed notes. Okay. Mine, I'm not yeah. quite sure if I'm be. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, the way I did notes was... I didn't quite do it in like, um, I don't know if order is the right word, but like there was a lot of shit where it was like this person goes here and then here and then here and it wasn't like really relevant. So I kind of like broadly described that like people are traveling, but here's like the main key takeaways from that. Yeah. I went by like section and then talked about like the broad points. Yeah. No, that's great. No, but I'm, but I'm happy to take cool. Um, the plot, if you want me to. Okay. If you want me to. If. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like we did pretty much the same thing. So hopefully. Did we... you write your notes when you were sick? No, because <laughs> when I, it turned, so I was waiting to finish, as we'll talk about, um, I was waiting to finish this more, like the day before we were supposed to record. And then I started to feel sick Mm. and so then i was like okay well i can wait so i hadn't finished this by tuesday yet oh or monday night where i was starting to feel bad right and you had texted me and you're like can we push it back or something yeah i was like i'm not gonna be able to read it because the weekend got away from me i was playing a bunch of harry potter yeah (laughs) and then the weekend got away from me and then i started to get sick and i still hadn't finished and i hadn't finished reading this until like saturday oh dang okay yeah so there's okay. there's a reason well we can get we're gonna oh, get into oh, it oh i'm excited like, to hear this <laughs> it's really funny because i love that you're like i'm excited to talk about it i'm like oh you're, really yeah your face <laughs> i was not expecting that okay okay cool 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 cool, cool. uh real quick can we yeah. pause beep because we have a we have a light that's flickering Barf. What was that? Noise? I don't know. You made a noise and I wanted to make a noise too. <laughs> I would like to be included in this noise making bit. Yeah, it's just flickering. Is it this one? Like, yeah, like ghosty flickers. Is it on a, does it have a little, can you check it? Does it have a little toggly biz? Oh, uh, there we go. Oh, it must have been in between like be- best settings. Yeah, yeah. Do you want bright or do you want more ambient? Well, seeing as the ambiance was like flickering, <laughs> like flashing, scary movie time, let's go with let's go with regular. Unless you don't like it, bright. No, I'm good with bright. Okay. Um, we're back. <laughs> Noises. Um, so hey everyone, welcome back to a uh, tiny shed book club where we host a book club for people who don't actually want to go to a book club. And I'm Tia, and I want to be amongst tall trees forever and ever and ever. Are you, yes. yes. Are you are you specifically referring to like Edwin? Yes. Okay. And all of the old go- growth like trees, like mm. just imagining that part with him, and I'm like, oh my god, he got to see what those trees looked like before yeah. they chopped them all down. Yeah. Like I really like the idea of that. 
yeah and i want to be there you and have to talk, hug them you have talked a lot about like wanting to see like old growth redwoods and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff but i low-key like really don't like edwin but we can oh talk yeah about no okay good 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 good, good, good. <laughs> i feel like most of the people in this i'm like yeah. um and i'm chandler and i really do enjoy spell check however it kept changing the name gasberry oh. gasberry to, 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 to raspberry <laughs> And I was like, this is really inconvenient. <laughs> Raspberry. Raspberry. Oh, there is a literal. <laughs> what happened? That pe- your little um, book with the flowers coming out of it fell. Oh, I sw- there is a ghost in here right now. I'm pretty sure we're being haunted. We're being haunted. Lightly haunted. Oh, not like heavy haunting. I, I. OK, wait, 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 wait. We're going to we're going to this is not a tangent episode, but we're about to go on one right now. Real Buckle quick. Up. Like, yeah. OK, so I listened to this other podcast. Uh huh. Um. It's called oh and that's why we drink right yeah uh-huh i've told you about them mm-hmm. like some of the stories they do are about like hauntings and like spooky things yeah and they've been talking about this uh one like haunted doll oh yeah and like apparently if you say the doll's like full name like people have experienced like like they get like a nosebleed or a crazy like headache or people oh. some people it's like really severe like they've had like heart attacks and like that's all like Whoa. could be just coincidental yeah but like things kind of happen around like people who have like talked about this doll lately Whoa. and now i'm like am i haunted by this doll because <laughs> i've been listening i've been listening to this <laughs> podcast and and now we're having like weird flashing flickering lights and things falling in here mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um what was i gonna say i don't know we're talking about the book i thought and you were yeah and you were saying the podcast and they had the hunt oh i was like oh like bloody mary like did you have that as a kid like if you went into the bathroom you said yeah. bloody mary three times like bad stuff would happen to you yeah but yours <laughs> sounds cooler i just i don't know it's uh, yeah it's, once it's, again it's, you did a thing and i was like i want to do the thing too <laughs> i want i want to relate <laughs> no bloody mary was definitely a thing growing up i remember doing it in my bathroom once because one of my friends was like we need to do it and i was like i'm scared and i don't want to and she was like no we are and then we did it and nothing happened and i was yeah. like you're a fucking idiot and i yeah. was like really mad about it yeah oh my gosh you were mad pissed. that like bloody mary didn't come out and like actually well yeah and i was like i didn't want to do this in the first place because mm. it was scary and then you made Made me and then nothing, nothing happened, happened. and like, i'm like you idiot you made us do something like this that scared me <laughs> and is dumb mm. <laughs> i feel that i feel that really yeah sense, but i was mad yeah <laughs> so the end anyway um welcome to part one of the sea of tranquility by emily st john mandel yeah so we did the first half of the book which mm-hmm. was pages one to 128 yes. um real quick before we get into it mm-hmm. do you want to explain like, is there a specific reason you chose this book or? Oh, um, I chose this book because um, every time I see the cover and the name, I'm like, oh, what's that book? Mm-hmm. And then I read the blurb and I go, no, I don't want to read that. And then I forget about it. And then I see it and I go, oh, what's that book? And then I look at it and I go, no, I don't want to read that. Mm-hmm. And because it won the best for sci-fi and good reads, reads. Yeah. Last for 2022. Year. Yes. And part of this podcast is expanding our genres and i was like okay well i I really don't like sci-fi so let's give this a try and i was like usually when i see books that i keep coming back to and being like what is this it's Mm -hmm. because i'm gonna like it Mm -hmm. so that's part of the reason why i chose this one okay yay um would you like me to do plot biz um you can start yes and i will add in if i've got Perfect. Bits and bobs. Bits and bobs, bits, bits and pieces. And, bits and boobs. Okay, so. <laughs> bits and titties. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was like, that was like too far, but I could, 
it was like coming out of my mouth already. Tits and boobs. <laughs> Tits and bitties. Um, so there's a couple of timelines happening in uh, in the book, mm-hmm. and we begin in 1912 with this dude named Edwin St. John St. Andrew, which oh yeah, which is already too much. Okay, <laughs> too, too much going on. So he he's been exiled from his family, uh, basically to Canada uh-huh. of all places, and. Uh, the reason why he was exiled is his, I think his family, I, I get the impression that they're like upper class or something. Yeah. They're descended <clears throat> from William the Conqueror. Thank you. Yes. Um, so they're, they're a real wealthy British family and they grew up in um, British controlled India. Yes. So his family at a dinner, they have a uh, fancy company over. It's like a commander of a Royal army. Mm-hmm. And Edwin's mom starts talking about British India and how much she loved it there. Um, and she's like being nostalgic about it. And then she, she makes some statement about how like the heat was really oppressive. You know, that was uh-huh. the only thing that they didn't like. And Edwin pops in and he's like, well, you know, I bet, um, I bet the heat wasn't as oppressive as the British were to like the natives there. Yeah. And it, it, that, that <laughs> like sets the entire family off. Like everyone like turns and looks at him and being like, what? <laughs> he basically comes out the gate being like, Hey, to the biggest colonial empire ever. He's like, colonialism sucks. And his family is like, what the fuck do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he it, even <laughs> refers to like William the Conqueror as a dude who came over in a boat. And they were like, why would you talk about him that way? Blah, 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 blah. So they get super mad <laughs> and they're like, colonialism is great. And basically his dad was like, no, that's inappropriate talk, whatever. And so he gets exiled, yeah. which is a dumb way to describe basically what's a vacation for him. Yes. He basically just gets paid to go fuck off. Yeah. And I, okay. It makes me so mad. So, um, he gets in like an allowance, right? Uh So he has money and he's just like bopping around from place to place being like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but Mm -hmm. I like drawing and I, I like to watch people and I don't want to work. And so he, he ends up in Halifax for a little bit Mm -hmm. and he meets a dude who wants to farm so uh, he and this dude take a train and go to like some farmhouse outside of Prince Albert and they're there for a little bit. Yeah, they go to Saskatchewan, <clears throat> which if you know anything about Saskatchewan, it is basically just a really large Kansas. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's just like that's flat how, and fields. That's kind of how it was described. And then so he gets bored there and he's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to peace bounce. And then he leaves to meet um, his brother's friend Thomas in Victoria. Mm hmm. And then soon after that, they leave to go to Vancouver Island because Thomas's uncle has a timber company there. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where they end up. And I, I really fastly, fastly, I really quickly went over the travel because it didn't really seem that important. Nothing to me. happened. Okay, fantastic. He just was complaining. Yeah, he was like, I don't want to work and I don't know what I'm doing and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So Thomas is trying to convince Edwin to like come to work with him. Let's go work with this timber company. Mm-hmm. And Edwin is like, got zero motivation yeah he doesn't want to do anything nah, I don't he's like that. i'm gonna go to the beach and i'm gonna like mm-hmm. read and play chess <laughs> and like draw pretty pictures but like i have money so you no. don't really want to yeah so that angers me uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh throughout kind of his travels mm-hmm. the author does keep stating things like he thinks he's like losing his mind or kind of becoming like deranged and i don't yeah he starts to have all these thoughts that are not, like, 
standard thoughts of the time, like not the like majority thought, like being anti-colonial as a British person at that time is not the majority opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, He sees a couple like native women and he's like, why are we here? Like they're here and they were doing just fine. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, why do we want to keep like make a mark on this place? Like, why are we here? Victoria looks a lot like England. Like, what are we doing here? If it's just like home, except like bigger. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he definitely mentions a lot that he he doesn't quite know where these like thoughts are coming from and like why he suddenly feels this way about places and that he doesn't really woo, and he doesn't really want to do much of anything. He and then he's like, is that am I weird? Like, do I not want to do that? And yeah, he just yeah he comes off as a little bit like I think he has good like I agree with all of his mm-hmm. um, like morals. But he's also kind of just, like, lazy. Yeah, I wrote, he's a pretty floaty dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so he's in, uh, um, on Vancouver Island in this place called... Kayette. Thank you, Kayette. And at a certain point, he's, like, going for a walk in the woods. And he finds this, like, beautiful maple tree in this nice clearing. And he runs into this priest named Roberts, who is like, I come here for contemplation, basically. Mm-hmm. And Edwin's asking him, like, why are you here? And Roberts is saying... Because is a really tiny um, native village that the timber company is out of. So he knows all the people who live yes. in Kayette. So that's where he's like, who are you? Why it, are you here? It's like a small town. Yeah. Yeah. And so Roberts um, tells him that he's filling in for a priest. And we kind of get this feeling that something something's off about Roberts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he ends up kind of leaving the situation. And Edwin is still near this uh, maple tree. And he ends up like taking it was described as he just takes another step towards it. And we get this like sudden flash of darkness and you hear a violin and what sounds like a train station, like kind of like he was, I don't know, like for a second had like a major like acid trip. Yeah. All really fast. And then boom, he is back in reality and he's like vomiting because he's like so sick from Mm -hmm. whatever that experience was that he had. Yeah. Oh, just the description is all of a sudden it just goes, he steps forward into a flash of darkness, like sudden blindness or an eclipse. He has an impression of being in some vast interior, something like a train station or a cathedral. And there are notes of violin music. There are other people around him and then an incomprehensible sound. And then, yeah, then he kind of, like, comes to, and he runs to the beach, and he's, like, puking everywhere, because he's like, what the fuck just happened to me? Yeah. Uh, So, later, he ends up going to the church that's in the town, and Roberts is there, the priest, Mm -hmm. and he's like, hey, did you happen to, like see what what happened like right after you left because like some something weird was going on mm-hmm. and um i can't remember does roberts really say anything about about it at that point not really he just from what i remember he just was acting cagey and then yeah edwin is like is there something weird about the way he's talking like why oh, is yeah. he talking so funny he comments on his accent and he like can't place this guy's accent either uh-huh and um uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah and then so they're they're talking roberts is still being like super sus and then all of a sudden uh the priest comes in that roberts was supposedly filling in for his mm-hmm. name was um father pike and so father pike comes in and everyone's like 
I Wait, thought you, I thought you said he was like not here. That's why you were here. And so Robert's like flees basically. Yeah, <laughs> just peace bounces. Yeah. So and that's the end of like that section. So mm-hmm. we get like Edwin, who is kind of a, a like a well off, yeah. um, lazy floating dude who mm-hmm. has this strange experience in the forest with a really weird priest. Yes. Um, in 1912. Thank you. In 1912. And then the next, uh, section is 2020. Mm -hmm. So we meet this woman named Morella. Uh Uh-huh. And she is at a show for a musical composer. And... Who's the brother of one of her old friends. Yes. So she... She is friends with this woman or was friends with this woman named Vincent. And she and we'll we'll get to this later, but she's like trying to find Vincent. She can't figure out where she is. So she ends up like figuring out who her brother is, goes to his show because she wants to ask him. Mm-hmm. And during the show, um, he 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 mentions like, oh, my late sister. So we learned that like Vincent is is dead. Yeah. Um, and the composer during his show has a portion where he has a video that his sister had taken at a maple tree and something weird happens in the video. Yeah, you right? hear a whooshing, it gets dark, you hear a violin, and then the video cuts, but the music continues, so the composer kept going with that musical theme and keeps going. Um, and it's January 2020 is when this is happening, mm-hmm. um, which... I was like, oh, damn. And also, I was like, this is too soon. <laughs> I was like, I can't. <laughs> I think one of the reasons why I, because I did the same thing as you, is pick up the book and be like, this looks really cool. And then one of the reasons I wouldn't read it is because I felt like it it had too many, like, it was it was too close to home for COVID times when yeah. it came out. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I was just like, like, I don't know if I can hang out. It's too soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, she's bummed because she was really hoping to ask this dude about his sister that she mm-hmm. she could, she could like find him and she's got all these questions that we'll get to and we learned that Marilla had a husband mm-hmm. and she and her husband were close to Vincent her friend and Vincent's husband Jonathan and Jonathan had like this investment fund which turned out to be a Ponzi scheme and Marilla and her husband had invested a bunch of money into it and mm-hmm. her husband could not um cope with the fact that you know they 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 lost all their money and so he had taken his own life mm-hmm. and since then Marilla has basically blamed um Vincent you know how could she not know that Jonathan yeah. was involved in this Ponzi scheme even though Vincent was like I I, I had no idea like mm-hmm. I was not a part of that and, and Vincent's husband just like runs away like yeah bad dude just scones off to wherever and Vincent yeah mentions like multiple times like I, I didn't know but Morella was really mad so they stopped talking for a while but then Morella kind of like wants to reconnect with Vincent and kind of talk with her. But then as Chandler said, um, she learns that Vincent um, died mm-hmm. um, and she wants to know more about why Vincent died. Cause she's like, wait a minute, how did she fucking, die? how did I not hear about her dying? Mm-hmm. Um, so she kind of goes um, to the brother and she's like, Yo, I kind of want to talk to you, but as she's talking to the brother, there's like this groupie guy who's like all over the brother, um, as well as this guy named um, Gaspery? Gaspery Roberts. Gaspery Roberts, um, who seems to like weirdly know a lot about the future. Like they're Mm -hmm. like 
talking about something and he goes, oh yeah, you guys wouldn't know about how that spreads yet. And they were like, what? Because <laughs> um, they had were like barely hearing about COVID in like Wuhan at that time. Yeah. And so he's like, oh yeah, you guys wouldn't know. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And then he kind of like, Gaspari is kind of weird. Um, but she's asking... Um, they're all kind of like asking the brother composer guy, like all these different kinds of questions. Like Gaspari seems to be really focused on that scene with the music. Mm-hmm. And Morella's like, I really don't give a fuck about any of this. I just want to know about, about your sister. Vincent. And then finally the brother's like, oh, she was like on a boat. And then she like never came back. Which is the weirdest. <laughs> Everyone's like, like okay. Was, yeah, she was, she, he, t- he says, oh, you know, she, she uh, eventually became a cook for um, some some ships or whatever and then uh she probably just fell off yeah and, and everyone's everyone just like, like chill with that like okay she fell off <laughs> and that is the weirdest like if that does not come back around and have like importance yeah you know i'm gonna be like <laughs> what the fuck like i just love how what a random way to like to be an author and to be like how am i gonna write this character dying yeah, <laughs> yeah she just fell off a boat you know like yeah. what and then i love how like everyone was just like because then Morella's like, well, did they find her, like, body or, like, floating or something? And uh-huh. they were like, no. Like, we just nothing. She probably <laughs> just, like, drowned. everyone was just, like, neat. Yeah. <laughs> She's just gone now. Um, and so Morella is then kind of talking um, with Gaspari afterwards. And she's yeah. like, wait a minute. I have seen you before mm-hmm. when, um, like, on her walk home in Ohio. Like she used to have to like walk home and like go under this underpass, which was like kind of creepy. And then one time they were going under there and like, um, some sort of like crime type thing had happened. There was like gunshots and two people ended up dead. And then there was a dude holding a gun and, and he goes, looks at her and goes, Morella. Um, and then we cut. Yeah. And then we're done with Morella in 2020. Yeah. So, strange biz. And then, are we ready for the next part? Yes. All right. So, we get to the year 2203, which, how would you, 2203? No, 2203. 2203. That's probably what I'd say is 2203. I just, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't sound as good as like 2020 or 20. 2021, 2022, like 20, like 20, the the prefix or whatever, 20 sounds better than 22. I don't know why. Yeah. Like, it's too much. Like, 2203. I'm wondering if they would just go back to, like, the 03. 03. They totally they totally would, but I don't know. It just doesn't... It doesn't have a good ring. No. It. I don't like saying it. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so, we meet uh, this woman named Olive, mm-hmm. and she is an author, and she is on... And this is, uh, this is another character where I'm going to be like, and then she went to places because... Yes. Oh my God, did she go to like many places and there was many <laughs> hotels described. I'm like, I don't think this has anything to do with anything. So yes. anyways, she's a well-traveled. So um, she is going on a book tour on Earth uh, mm-hmm. because now there are other places to live besides Earth. And she's got this book called Marion Bad, which is about a pandemic. <laughs> right? And so she doesn't live on Earth. She lives on the second moon colony called Colony 2. And she grew up there. Mm-hmm. She grew up on Moon Colony 2. Yes. So 
she's on Earth. She goes from like New York to Manhattan to Denver. And she has parents who live, I believe, in Denver um, who have retired on Earth. And it seems like um, the United States is now broken up into different like... There's like republics. Yeah, little like Mm -hmm. republics. Like there's the Republic of Texas and then there's the Southeastern Republic. And then Mm -hmm. she's got like the Dakota Republic. And then there's something about Denver too has its own section. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, her parents live in the Denver section, the Denver, <laughs> this broken up United States. Yeah. So for her to go travel for this book tour, um, she had to leave her husband, Dion and daughter, Sylvie. So mm-hmm. they're, um, they'll come back in the story. Uh, and it's really I don't know this this section of the book there was a lot of sexist comments made yes. about like oh like you know you're leaving your child to do this work you know or or that's so nice of your husband to like care for your child as if it's like <laughs> he's not a parent who equally should be you know what I mean yeah. like and so I think the author is like really like um pointing out the how am I trying to say this? Like that nothing changes. Like even this far into the future, 200 years into the future, nothing is different. And people are still like, well, you have to like care for your kids. You can't have a career. Mm -hmm. And then I'm sure if like, she didn't have a career, it's like, well, then how are you going to take care of your kids? You You, you tell my feelings about that. (laughs) Um, So, uh, right, right, right. So she's then she goes to Salt Lake City, and then she's in the Republic of Texas, giving all giving all these mm-hmm. um, speeches. And uh, at a certain point, she's on the phone with her husband Dion, and he's an architect, and he's got this like new top secret project. Yeah, and it's like a new university on the backside of like security headquarters, mm. and some of the blueprints are like tunnels that connect the two and like passageways. And he's like, this feels really weird and I'm not supposed to talk about it. Yeah. And she's also like, that is weird. <laughs> yeah. And then that's kind of, I feel like that's really that's, all they said. They're like tunnels weird. <laughs> yeah. I think late is it later. Well, okay. We'll see where she mentioned something about like, for some reason she's like, Oh, if there are tunnels leading to there, time travel. She, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why her brain is like, maybe it's because like in the time, that's talked about more, but I was very confused. I was like, how the fuck did you just immediately be like tunnels under a university going in that one place? Time travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, she was like, she okay. was like, well, they would they would only want it close to the security building because time travel is a security issue. Right? Yeah. <laughs> time travel. So, oh, yeah, totally. I also thought I also travel. was like, whoa, okay, all right. Um, <laughs> so, damn, you know a lot more than I do. Right? And we also hear like rumblings of a new, like, sort of pandemic Mm -hmm. and like throughout this bit they keep mentioning like people are sneezing or like someone will cough and like have to like run out of the room or something so there's like this rumble of like another sickness sickness is kind of on the rise Mm -hmm. and as we mentioned her book is about a pandemic Mm -hmm. um and she has a really fascinating bit about smallpox Yes, on page eighty that I didn't fucking know. I had no idea that's where smallpox came from. And I was it blew my goddamn mind. I was gonna ask you if if you had notes on this because like I kind of got okay. So the way that this is written is you know she gives a lecture in like Salt Lake City, right? Mm-hmm. And she in in the book you get like a snippet of it, uh-huh. and then 
she goes and gives a lecture in like Denver and she gives like the next snippet of it. So uh-huh. like I had a hard time piecing everything together because it was kind of disjointed as it was written, but it was really freaking cool. Like I could imagine watching that on TV being like her in this place, giving her first part of the lecture and yeah. her in the next place. And, but reading it was more difficult, but it was basically like she, she lectured about um, diseases brought by settlers and travelers. And she talks about smallpox a lot mm-hmm. and how it like decimated populations of people and it like goes as far back as like the romans yeah so the romans apparently were the first ones to kind of come across smallpox in the like western european sense i don't know where it came from before but they apparently invaded someplace Mm -hmm. and got sick and it they had no immunity so it like fucking just went through the the populace because europe had immunity at that point, basically, to smallpox. It would pop up in places, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, like, a devastating, like, overarching disease. It was definitely, like, if you got smallpox, it was like, oh, you're probably going to be dead or horrifically disfigured. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, as we know, the Europeans came and brought smallpox to the Americas, which people in the Americas had never come in contact to it before. So it literally, like... There were millions of people in the Americas and it decimated like 70, 75% of the population oh, shit. died. Was it that big? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like when Lewis and Clark came through, they would find just abandoned villages of like dead yeah. and like empty. And they were like, you could tell there was lots of people here and there's nobody. Mm. And it's just entire like villages would all die. I think it was like one in three people would get it. Holy shit. Yeah, it was insane. It was w- ba- it was bad. It was really bad. Wow. Okay, I am not. But yeah, I am smallpox, not knowledgeable on smallpox. <laughs> smallpox be vicious, yo. Yeah. Um. But she has this really fascinating bit about smallpox. But she, yeah, she intersperses her book about the pandemic and her research and about its spread and how she kind of makes the comment that like pandemics happen a lot, but like people seem to forget about them. And then we're like, all like, Oh my God, a pandemic. What do we do? <laughs> and then we deal with it. And then we're like, okay, let's totally forget about it. And then we mm-hmm. rises again. And we're like, Oh no, what do we do? Cause she mentions there was an Ebola one. Um, Cause remember this is 200 years past. So there was a, apparently another Ebola. So we have thing. that to look forward to, I guess. Yeah, so yay. <laughs> but she was like, oh, we only like hunkered down for like two weeks and it was like a vacation and it was fun. Yeah. So she she has this phrase um, about how that kind of stuff was handled. She called it careless bravado. Yes. And I was like, so that's, that's a, such a perfect way to <laughs> describe that. Yeah. Where, yeah, all of a sudden it was like, I, I, I think, you know, I felt this with this pandemic that we've gone through is that it was like there there it at a certain point people were just like all right it's over mm-hmm. and it's like oh is it oh i wasn't aware yeah there was like some secret memo <laughs> right i'm like, like where did that go out to <laughs> check my mailbox <laughs> yeah then it was like oh we're done now you're yeah. like wait like huh what but you know like i guess you know the vaccines you know were mm-hmm. very uh, instrumental in making it's more safe for people, but it was, yeah, it was definitely like, a, I didn't know that we were done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, careless bravado is a really great way of looking at it. Yeah. yeah. And then we also learn in her book. Oh, I also wrote down that was like, Oh, neat. Hotels don't change at all. In the future. <laughs> oh yeah. She's like, they're, they're still crappy. <laughs> they're still like the way she was describing them. I was like, yes, that is every like, um, holiday and express I have ever been in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, just like, it's like, wow, I'm so glad that they continue <laughs> to suck ass <laughs> well into the future. Like, good to know. But in her book, she has a character named Gaspri Jacques. Jacques. 
Mm -hmm. um, in her book. And in her final stop, she ends up meeting um, a reporter named Gaspry Roberts, who mentions that he's named after the character in her book. And she's kind of like, oh, that seems weird that he's named after like she kind of like briefly thinks about like oh it's weird that someone this old is named after the character in my book mm -hmm. um but he then asks her he's like i really i need to ask you something um did you have a weird experience because you wrote in your book about this like the flashing and the, the dark and the, the, violin the violin and the whooshing and, and all mm -hmm. that stuff and he's like did you have a weird experience and she's like or he's like, if you experienced it for real at the Oklahoma City, like, airship airport thing. Mm -hmm. And she's like, da -da -da -da. <laughs> and then we just end. <laughs> yeah. She's like, she goes, can we go off the record? And he's like, yes. And then it's like, cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. So that, so now we've got, like, Edwin the the floater. Uh -huh. We have Morella looking for the searcher yeah the searcher for her friend who like fell off a ship uh -huh. and then we have olive who wrote a book about a pandemic uh-huh and it's like what is going on there's so many moving parts so oh, and morella was in the 2020 pandemic yes oh I, I don't know why but i really feel like that's important okay yes it probably <laughs> is so uh now the next timeline we get to is the year 2401 or huh. 2401 see that feels better than 2203 yeah 2401 24. it's still a lot it's still a mouthful it's too much but it's better and we learned that this is gasbury's timeline <laughs> so <laughs> finally the thing that that's that everybody has in common thus far is uh -huh. gasbury and um so we get to learn that uh way back when earth was preparing for like annihilation mm -hmm. and so people built these moon colonies so that people could survive and i thought was this the part of the book where it had he was like watching some like really old footage of like a chinese president and it was like a woman chinese president you know what i'm talking about yeah and that they were all working together and like the moon colonies were a test to see if they could build colonies because then they were going to build them farther off mm -hmm. and those are apparently real now those far off colonies i got really confused i was like how many because they have they talk about colony one colony two and then the far colonies and i'm like Who? i think the far colonies are what happened after the moon colonies and the far okay. colony co colonies are what the moon colonies were getting prepared for okay so they did what stop one and they were mm -hmm. like can we do the shit they're like dope we can and then they were like let's go further further away okay but they make these moon colonies which are one and two and one is apparently going great and yeah two is not go it's basically like the rich <laughs> one and then the poor one well so <laughs> colony okay so colony one was built and there was so much demand mm -hmm. because earth was like dying like it was like overcrowded yeah. and like <laughs> everything was on fire i'm sure that they were like we need more colonies so then they built colony two like super fast and then colony two like breaks like the lighting <laughs> system for like the dome fails so it's like perpetually like a weird color in the sky and like yes. kind of dark so colony one they were like well because there is no like atmosphere on the moon it's just like you see out into space so it's just like dark mm -hmm. and weirdly 
like color, like the yeah. weird color. So they put a dome, like Chandler said, over it that mimics like what it would look like on Earth. Yeah, and it like, like sunrises and sets and yeah, and all like that everything stuff. is like perfectly <laughs> timed and you might get like a day with clouds and they have like timed rainfall and yeah. shit. And they I think was it in this part of the book they mention I don't remember, but like I think like the sounds oh, were yeah. like um on not on a loop on you know that the, they were all they're animated or whatever yeah they like would have like wind sound like mm-hmm. you would automated. Un- like yeah mean. automated and <clears throat> colony two their shit broke so the <laughs> dome doesn't work so you just have like weird moon sky and then they were like we couldn't afford to fix the dome like that would have been way too expensive so they just like f- outfitted buildings with like blackout curtains for like when it's too light out and then yeah. they put more street lighting in <laughs> and they're like we're just gonna call it the night city because the moon has different length of days yeah than earth does so mm-hmm. they like yeah they just call it the night city because they're like well fuck it <laughs> so they kind of like just kind of fuck around and gaspri um jacques who was named after olive's book it's which is his mom's favorite book mm-hmm. um he uh lives on the moon colony and he kind of really he lives he, on colony two colony two yes and he, he lives in the crappy one the crappy one and he has some sort of weird job that he just got that he just started that he's like i don't really care about and nobody else really cares about it yeah so before that he so he actually um so he lives in colony two and he grew up there and he could walk by olive's house but oh yeah but like olive is no longer alive yeah the author olive's house yeah yeah um right and then uh so we get this like kind of small section where he's talking about when he was a kid and he had a neighbor with a little girl her name was talia and they would often go together to the periphery which i think which is like the edge of the dome right where they could, could like see out to the other colonies and um talia ends up moving away but she comes back later in mm-hmm. his job that she gets. Um, so Gaspari and his sister Zoe are taking care of their mother because she's basically dying. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like rambling on. And I think she was she a scientist. I know Zoe is, but was I don't remember. Mom- OK, well, I don't know what she was, but basically like his mom was really into this thing called the simulation hypothesis. Oh yeah. <laughs> which is that like everything is a simulation, like nothing is real. Uh-huh. Um, and so Zoe is like explaining this in layman's terms to Gasper because he's just mm-hmm. kind of like, I'm not a scientist. Like I don't I, I, like what is going on. Oh, in their mom's hospital room, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. I, this is now coming back to me. Yeah. And, um, so to to what you were saying, he he ends up working in a hotel oh, and yeah. he gets the like um the title detective because he like went to school for I don't know, whatever detective stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you call that. Criminal justice. He went oh, to school yeah. for <laughs> I was like, I, okay. He got a degree in detecting. <laughs> so so I it, this is like classic, like Reminds me of like when you graduate college and you're just like anything, anything that's need a job that's like slightly <laughs> adjacent to what I want to do is great. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I feel like that's what this is for him. He's like, I'm going to be a detective, which for this hotel just means he's basically security. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He like just like if there's anything weird, he like calls the police like that's yeah. detecting. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm not even supposed to handle it. Just call people. And so he realizes that the woman who interviewed him for this job is 
Talia or Natalia oh, yeah. is, and um, which was this old neighbor who used to live in Olive's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Zoe uh, is Zoe's birthday, and she asked Gasberry, Gasberry, like Gasberry, you- Gasberry. <laughs> it's because of the raspberry <laughs> thing. <laughs> You've said it a couple times now. To, I'm gonna have to apologize. I I am gonna continue to say Gasberry. I like Gasberry better. Uh, it's a, the, the gasping berries. <laughs> so Gasberry is, gets a call from Zoe. Um, Because it's her birthday, and she's like, can you come over, like, right now? And he's it, like, oh, cool, yeah. And he thinks it's just for, like, a birthday, so he, like, gets all dressed he, up. He, and he's he like, brings her, like, cute. cupcakes or something. Yeah, yeah, he's really cute. And mm-hmm. you can tell he really loves his sister, but he shows up, and she's really agitated. Mm-hmm. Um, And she starts showing him all of these instances that she's found. Like, she's like, do you remember mom's simulation hypothesis? And he's like, yeah, why are we talking about this? And she's like, look, this book I found from this diary from 1912 where this man is like talking about shit and then he, Edwin Edwin mm-hmm. and then she's like look in Olive's book like in Marion Bald there's this and she's like and then <laughs> Marion Bad oh is, <laughs> is it is it Marion Bald doesn't it have an L in it I don't wait okay am I wrong this is funny I think it has an L in it no way you yeah. might be right here hold on Marion Bald yeah I don't because I was like that's a dumb name I just um where is it hypothesized it's italicized that's what i want mary oh it's marion bad what the fuck i, I added an I, l in there yeah, i was just like <laughs> i was like uh bald bald marion bald i literally every time i read that i saw an what? l in it okay so you have things for marion bald and i have I things for have really sick gas berries <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome marion bad um it's in the book marion bad which also sounds like a like a a berry to me Oh, yeah. Like Marion Berries? Yeah. I think I've just got berries on my mind. you got berries on the brain. That's why your thing was... Berries on the brain. <laughs> um, but she's... And she um, shows him all this instances of the same experience that she's like, this hints at a simulation. Right, because she's like, oh, look at this video, the composer, right? Uh-huh. Um, and, he, and he's got this section of his show where he's showing this video and it's like flashing in the violin and the blah. Which is the same as the book, which is the same as the diary, which she's, is the same as the book. Yeah, and she's like, what does she say? Um, she's She basically describes it as a corrupted file. Yeah. Which doesn't mm-hmm. make it any clearer for me because like, I also don't understand computers, so I'm like... A corrupted file. I don't. Yeah, I guess if it is a simulation, like it's there's like wrong code and it's like mm, glitching, mm. and that's how you can tell it's a simulation is because of the glitch. That see, it keeps that appearing. makes more sense to me. Like, yeah, describing it in code as opposed to like a file. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't computer <laughs> that well. Yeah, it it definitely. But yeah. I also don't understand like the simulation theory. Like, you, like I feel like some of those like theories that are very like Mm -hmm. based in physics and time and whatever like those i have such a hard time comprehending i'm like (laughs) my brain was not built to comprehend this (laughs) this many things at once it's like the matrix basically that they're all in the simulation and then some people like realize that they're in a simulation and all that it's too it's too meta for me yeah Mm -hmm. and that's where we that's where we end basically she's like I think it's a simulation. Mm-hmm. And then that's where we end part one. Yeah. Um, and I gotta be real honest. The second they said simulation, I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, were you, were you like 
turns out time travel and the simulation theory are like my two least favorite tropes. I don't know what it is. I've never been interested in like any time travel thing. It all seems very like hokey to me. And the simulator, I get why people like it. But to me, I'm like, why do you care? Like, Mm -hmm. why does it matter if we live in a simulation? Mm -hmm. I'm still existing and feeling all the things I'm feeling. Right. Like, who gives a fuck if it's code? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm still existing and living and having a mind of my own. Mm -hmm. And I highly doubt that there are enough people in whatever simulator thing that would, like, code the thoughts of each individual person. Right. So, like, to me, it doesn't, like, I don't get why it's a thick, I'm like, why does it matter? Like, who cares? I think, yes, I, I, yes, I agree with you. I feel, <laughs> I feel, well, cause I totally agree with you. I'm just, I'm trying to take the perspective of people who are like into, I'm, I'm, I'm playing Aaron right now because Aaron would, would definitely do this, like play a devil's advocate. Oh, and I totally get why people find it fascinating or they would not like it. But to me, I'm just like, I, I don't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, people would argue that like, oh, like, are you really in, like, if it's a simulation, like, you Mm. think you have free will and free choice, but, like, actually you don't, and you're just not aware of it. Yeah, totally. Which I I also, am like, I don't care about, because... I'm like, but I think I have free will and free choice right now, so I'm okay. Yeah, you're like, I think I do, which is good enough for me. Like, if that's not good enough for you, like, I don't know, it sucks to be you, I guess, but, like, this is great. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't need to know what's outside. Like, for the Matrix thing, I don't need to go live in the weird space world. I'm good. Yeah, I usually don't, like time travel mm-hmm. and mm, I would, I, I would agree. I feel like usually normally I would feel less interested in this kind of stuff, but I am very intrigued by Gaspery and I want to know, like, I want to know, I don't want to know his biz. Like uh-huh. what's he, what's he doing? What's he doing? Yeah. So I, I, I was like pumping through these chapters. Oh really? You were, yeah. you were vibing with it? Oh yeah. I, nice. I kept wanting to like know more like what's going on? Like why do we have stuff from 1912 and 2020 and like pandemics uh. are happening and I'm like ah! Yeah. I, I thought it was very exciting. Nice. But, what are what are your other thoughts? Um, The the bad part not bad part but the like negative side of this book for me is like the existential crisis that I kind of went through. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) which is um, when they were talking about creating moon colonies because like the earth was like imploding. Oh, yeah. I I was like, then I went on this whole tangent in my brain where I was like, how how do we know when the earth like what? Like, you know what I mean? Because I feel like scientists for years have been like, if we don't reverse climate change, then we're all dead by 2050. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, so how do you like, how do you know when it's too late? right like do we know now Mm -hmm. or are we just like this is fine we're gonna ignore like all the signs and keep going Mm -hmm. and that and of course this is like this totally derailed me to being like okay like if we then know Uh if we know that the earth is going to be no longer inhabitable at a certain point and like we can pinpoint that date is it is it unethical to bring children into the picture when we know the earth is dying? You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. so I went into this whole existential crisis <laughs> of being like free will, but also like, it's not moral. And when is the earth dying? And I was just like, I can't handle this. The amount of time that I spend thinking about that hmm. is 
crazy. Like I literally get, and I start to panic and then I'm just like, I can't, I literally cannot think about it. Like, yeah, there is so much I do not have any control over. Yeah. There is shit that I can work hard on, but I, it's so funny because I wrote in this book, I was like, I literally think about that all the time. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the fact that one day the sun is going to eat the earth Mm -hmm. and I was freaking the fuck out about it. But like, how do you know what? Like, yeah. And I would tell my mom that I was like, how... I'm terrified of witnessing the sun eat the earth. And, and she's she like, was that like, probably is not going to happen. She to you. literally would go, well, <laughs> I, at least you'll be dead by that point. Mm, like, mm-hmm. like my, what you, what do you say it to a kid? Like my mom yeah, didn't know what to say, but yeah. also like as, so I have generalized anxiety disorder and it uh, like to fixates on weird things, which I think is normal for lots of people, but mine gets like really, really intense. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, there was like a decent solid amount of time where I'm like, I'm going to see the sun eat the earth and I'm going to like die. And that's and terrifying. Like yeah. Tons of pain. But yeah, it just, I, yeah, I think about those things and it makes me panic. Like I can't breathe. And I feel like that's very true for a lot of millennials. Um, because I feel like millennials are like one of the, um, larger populations who are choosing to not have kids and like mm-hmm. when you ask them when you ask people like oh like you know like um you know why why are you choosing not to have kids like that is something that comes up for some people right yeah, is totally. that like i don't trust the fact that like the earth is still going to be around or is going to be a nice place to live by the time my kids grow up or wh- whatever it is yeah it leads to a whole bunch of like it's a big can of worms totally uh, uh yeah and it just makes me think also like how long like since the industrial revolution, like looking at Victoria before mm-hmm. Western Europeans got there and then like how we fucked up all the old growth trees. And then we're mm. learning now that because we fucked up all the old growth trees, like there's so much of like the way that they held the ecosystem together that by removing them, you create a lot of like juggling of like domino effects and it's mm-hmm. just like all of it makes my eyeballs like twitch and th- just that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so just constant panic <laughs> yeah and so like I, I i don't know like I, I you know i think there's um i don't know the book brings up a lot of like things that are like kind of kind of scary topics i'm like i, I don't uh-huh. i don't want to think about the earth ending <laughs> like that yeah. and like having like having to be forced to create colonies on the moon or whatever because yeah. it's uninhabitable or overcrowded or whatever. Like, that's that's scary stuff. Totally. And it always just makes me think that I'm like, it always brings me back to humans are just animals. Like, it's just by a magic coincidence of, like, evolution and different pings that we are what we are. Like, the fact mm-hmm. that we have universities and we, like, have planes and, like, yeah. why the fuck did we even make universities and, like, everything yeah. we do is just a made, made up thing everything that our little up. stupid monkey brains were like, you know what's cool is if we have different kinds of running of things. Yeah. And then we should get really mad if you do a different running of things than mm. I do of mm-hmm. this thing. And it's wild to me. And then I'm like, well, you know, like, the dinosaurs were around for forever and then they got, like, pwned. Mm-hmm. And, like, not that yeah. it's, like, warm and fuzzy, but it's just kind of, like, I don't know, somehow it, like, makes me, like, calm down when I'm, like, it's just, not that humans should continue to fuck up the earth. I don't want to say that. But, like, it's just the cyclical nature of evolution and creation that, like, I don't know. It just helps me calm down that yeah. I'm also, like, the dinosaurs were on the earth for, like, billions of years. And granted, they weren't, like, burning fossil fuel and, like, fucking up but, everything. But they got wrecked. They got <laughs> and then I'm like, well, you know, who's to say what humans would even look like in like 
are we gonna evolve further like are we yeah. gonna continue i don't know it just helps me to calm down when i'm like we're animals and everything like nothing matters being a shitty animal but yeah yeah nothing being ma- very like, nihilistic like, <laughs> yeah like so much of what we do is made up Yes. you know what i mean like yes. like money is totally made up like it matters a lot in society right yeah, like it but gets it, you think but it's like it's a fucking made-up thing we just were like you know what this is gonna be how i pay for things now and you deal with it yeah else it's like, like we used to like right. trade and barter which makes <laughs> way more sense i grow vegetable you hunt deer we trade vegetable for deer you know what i mean like yeah. that makes that like that the trade of the physical items makes yeah. sense and now we're just like here's a piece of paper here's a green a dyed green sheet of yeah. like pressed tree yeah that is worth something but it, it's not the same as this money from this other place which which, which it okay i'm spiraling right now but <laughs> right? like like if the world were gonna like and now i'm thinking like last of a status you know uh-huh. what i mean like yeah. like zombie apocalypse times where money doesn't matter at all uh-huh. right like what like i i panic sometimes like what skill do i have that i can like trade with you know what i mean because i feel like we would go back to trading because like uh-huh. money no longer matter. it doesn't matter whether you have money it's whether you can survive and uh-huh. like what skills do i bring to the table that would help me survive and also help others survive so that i have something to trade with you know what i mean like yeah like i'm really good at like i don't know raising dogs who can our guard dogs i don't know you know whatever it is whoa that's such a good skill yeah i'm like dude i I, like i don't know but i that makes me that makes me really like yeah totally like as you would describe itchy on the inside yeah fully itchy on the inside getting all worked up but yeah so this book yeah totally lots of like existential i also was like as a person who goes to a lot of hotels Mm. i really loved all the descriptions of like all of the hotels like she describes it like almost as a place of no time like even edwin like Mm. just being in a hotel is a place of no beginning no end it is just it's almost like um like just like i'm imagining like space and you just open a door and it's like oh a little world and you close it and Mm -hmm. it's like that world neither continues nor stops it just is. That's a really creepy way to describe it, but also really accurate. And that's just like. hotels. Mm-hmm. They are all the fucking same. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just, like, slightly better bedding. Because yeah. I've stayed in hotels that are one-star hotels, and I've stayed uh-huh. in, like, four or five-star <laughs> hotels, and there is no fucking difference. They right. all suck. Yeah. Except for, like, there's amenities in the five-star, like, ones. But it's mm-hmm. just, like, the her descriptions of hotels, I was, like, oh, it was, like, I love she did that- such a good job of, like, how numbing it was. <laughs> I love that that's, like, something that you related to because like, you spend so much time traveling in, in hotels. <laughs> and I was, like, oh. Because I was, like, when they were describing her, be- like, all of being in hotels, I was, like, oh, I wonder what they would look like. And then she described them and I was, like, God, they still are just terrible. Like, I hate this. <laughs> just nubbins of awful. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Yes. Do you, okay, so um i guess the moon colonies were created in like does it say what year um we know at least by like they seemed pretty decently new by when olive was there yeah okay so she was there in like the year 2203 yeah so like you know shortly before that i suppose Uh do you think humans had the capability and the knowledge and resources to actually build moon colonies yes oh you do i do oh interesting i do you have you have a lot of faith i i i think that the analysis of them 
going uh, like I can see us doing it. Like, I don't think like if you watch The Martian. Oh, I think I have. But it's been a long time. Like, it's something that's possible. Mm -hmm. But I think the idea that humans have of them being very similar to Earth Mm -hmm. is us not wanting to leave where we came from. But Mm -hmm. I don't think they would look like. You know, like suburban America. I think they'd be something very different. Mm. Um, But I do think humans have the capability of doing it. Okay. Because we built a space station and we like built a whole thing and then connected it in the space. Mm. Like each country set up their own, sent up their own biz. And then the astronauts were like, beep, 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 beep. (laughs) Is that what astronauts do? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It's scientifically known fact that when they're in space, they go, beep, 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 beep. I just, I just can't, (laughs) I cannot fathom and I, maybe it's just me, but like having the resources to like, I'm thinking about like creating this dome on the mm-hmm. moon, right? That everyone gets to live in the dome. Yeah. Like how, how does one create a dome in which then you also have like the right gravity so that people stay on the ground and you have resources like water and can you farm on the mo- I guess like- my thought would be like you probably wouldn't that see that's another thing is like I don't think you'd have gravity like we do like we wouldn't be able to re at least in my brain we uh-huh. are we're not recreating our gravity got it so you're like, just- I know that they're doing that in in the this book, book uh-huh. but I think we would just be like lightly Floating bouncing around. around and I think mm. that the only thing that I could see being hard is creating an atmosphere to support our existence like, depending on, I don't know how much of, like, oxygen, oxygen nitrogen, yeah. and, like, carbon dioxide, like, argon we need to exist. So, I would think it would probably be some sort of, like, constant chemical reaction of, like, breaking something up that would mm-hmm. release the right amount, like, constantly to keep us alive. And then I would also think that it would be, by creating that atmosphere, we would then be able to manipulate like wind pattern, like, mm. heat and cool to create rain and cloud, or, like allow for water but just like imagine if like that so you know in this system where we have to like regulate all the things that are going on in the atmosphere like if that breaks oh yeah like you're all fucked you're all dead totally like i i just i just i i have a hard time imagining that that would go well or go without catastrophic um yeah the first couple ones would be very bad yeah very sad yeah be like oh no oh no all those and millions of people died (laughs) but i think it would also go the same way as like how australia was when it was first created by or not created (laughs) like when the the british first got there is it Uh was just a like a penal colony okay yeah that's kind of what i'm imagining earth Mm -hmm. doing is being Mm -hmm. like and i'm not saying that this is good and i'm not saying that a penal colony was correct but like I can see humans being like prisoners <laughs> go populate yeah. the moon because then humans would be like, Oh, if they all died, they'd be like, they, well, they were they naughty. Were, they were, yeah, they were naughty. They were naughty they and naughty. People they deserve matter. to die on, on the moon. Oh my gosh. But you, that's you're how right. Just, you're right. Yeah. Okay. It's just right. a moon penal colony. And then if it works out, they're like dope. We always wanted it this way. I still don't think I still, I still have no faith that that it would work. <laughs> moon but that's Australia. Just, yeah. Moon Australia. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts or 
questions or predictions about this book so far? Um, so I do want to say that I find the writing of this book really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, it's hard for me because I feel like this is more like a book of poetry, the way that it like lyrically ah, flows uh-huh, in my yeah. brain. I don't see it as like a, a story yet. Hmm. It feels more poetry and I, and I feel really bad about saying this, but I have no feelings about this book i really i neither hate nor can remember anything the second i put it down it's gone like i don't like when i was going through my notes i was like oh yeah this is so fascinating to me like no i am so neutral on this book i love that for you (laughs) i i love the fact that I am enjoying a book more than you are. I love it. Okay. I'm loving it. Okay. Yeah, because I just like, I legit have no thoughts. Like, I literally have no predictions because I'm just like... The predictions part, I didn't really yeah. have any. I was like, this book just makes me really uncomfortable. Like, thinking about like, yeah. you know, all these like, you know, oh, scary things living on the moon and such. But um, I, yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen. Which is like, I think partially why I was like excited because I'm like, ooh, what's going to happen? Like, I am decently eager to like see what happens. But like, if <laughs> decently I... Decently eager, she describes it. <laughs> Like, honestly, if I never found out how this book ended, I don't think I'd be, like, you're, pressed about you're it. You're giving the most, like, beige review. <laughs> like, so medium. I, I'm i here for this. I am Mindy St. Clair in the medium place. This is, this is like, the most, like, um, cookie-cutter suburban <laughs> neighborhood for you. Yes. You're like, it's fine. It's not, like, impressing me or anything. <laughs> I love that this is the most beige review. And like, I definitely see why people like love it and why mm-hmm. you'd like this book. Like, yeah. I can easily see why it became what it did. Mm-hmm. But to me, I'm just like, mm. oh my God, I'm so, I'm so excited to do the next episode with you. I cannot, I cannot wait for this actually. Uh, yeah. So, um, tune in for my next, for beige part two, <laughs> um, for Sea of Tranquility part two, which is from, 128 to the end yep so the second half of the book god i could not find my little fold oh it's <laughs> cute and tiny just a little dog ear i want to hurt it um do you have oh sorry before we move on to fuck yes and fuck yous do yeah. you have anything else book related that you want to touch on excuse me um no okay all right you you want to go first you want to do your fuck you for the yeah. week yeah um my fuck you is to just illness yeah we're like you got sick for so long wrecked and then you and then robert and i got pwned and it just like yo yo listen winner i got it yeah i got that you can come in and like punch me in the throat a couple times <laughs> but like i'm good i don't need this anymore yeah you guys got real sick yeah so that's why we didn't release this episode last week i love how i, I was on instagram i was like tune in later this week and i know i like, texted t and i was like hey you know what we, like what do, you, what do you think about like posting like a oh like don't forget like we're gonna like have an episode and that that episode just did not happen because uh well tia got sick with the flu yeah it was just like a um yeah, just got pwned. So fuck you, illness. I'm good and done, and I don't need this anymore. <laughs> I'm glad you're feeling. You're feeling 100 percent better, or like mostly better. Um, yeah, I'm still like a little like my. I can feel in my my bones. Yeah, that I'm like kind of. Yeah, but I feel like better. You sound or like you look good. Like you look like you have energy and stuff. Yeah. So and also today was a good day. Yay! Oh, that's great. Yeah. So hell yeah. Hell what's yeah. what's your fuck you? Um, my fuck you is. 
kind of to myself and it's the fact that i like consistently forget how important valentine's day is to teenagers <gasps> like yes. valentine's day landed on a tuesday this year fine great uh-huh i love i love it love, love that it for journey you. for valentine's yeah. day <laughs> <laughs> so my husband and i've been together for 10 years uh-huh. uh, almost 10 years actually and so like you know, we, we celebrate Valentine's Day, but like, you know, we're very mellow about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we like, we don't do anything major, yeah. you know, like it's not, not a big deal. And so I forget that like, that's not everybody's viewpoint. And I forget that teenagers especially get real into Valentine's Day. So like yeah. I made the mistake oh. of like planning, you know, like a regular lesson on Valentine's Day, like math, like let's do, and it's hard. Like we were doing hard math, <laughs> like not, not like, not like no easy biz, you know? So, okay. so I'm like trying to teach these children uh-huh. math yeah, and they're just like running around the school with roses and chocolate and being like, did you hear that? so-and-so like so-and-so and like oh oh, oh they yes. were not they were not having it and i was like i fucked myself by forgetting that Valentine's Day is important <laughs> you're like no algebra and they're yeah, like yeah. fuck you love yeah ex- like no algebra. algebra yeah no they did not listen to me and i was like i that was my fault i i came ill prepared you fucked so yourself i did so the fuck you is to me and i need to remember next year that valentine's day is very important for teenagers yeah you might as well just have like like a little like kindergarten way of like bring in Valentine's Day cards and we'll just have a classroom Valentine's Seriously, Day party. I was talking yeah. to like other math teachers and like one of my colleagues was like, yeah, we're not doing like we're building towers today in my class. We're not doing any math. <laughs> and, and like, I was like, why am I the only one who didn't get the memo? <laughs> and also the pandemic is over. Exactly. <laughs> I need to quit missing these I memos. Mean, these goddamn memos. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, what is your fuck yeah? Um, so I have t- like one and a half fuck yeahs. Oh, okay, cool. My fuck like half fuck yeah. I'm bending my <laughs> finger to show Chandler that it's a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, my half fuck yeah is to the Harry Potter video game, which is everything that I wanted it to be. It's amazing. It's fucking incredible. It's so good. Don't come at me. If you've got opinions, keep them to yourself. If you've got bad opinions, if you have good opinions, like oh yeah, if you're loving the game, great. If you have bad opinions, uh, just if you're gonna scold me about some shit, I've already thought about it. Go away. I've already thought I've it got it's covered. Been I covered. don't need you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm good. Anyway, my second bigger fuck yeah. Yes. Big. Oh, full hand. Full hand. Okay. Fuck yeah. Is that I did feel well enough that my bestie Chelsea came up this weekend. <gasps> oh, and yeah. And I got to spend about that. the weekend with her. And it was so lovely. <gasps> yeah, We watched the British Bake Off together, which is our favorite show. We went on a walk. We went to Powell's. We just like hung out together. And it was just lovely to see her. Mm. And I love her very much. That's very sweet. So yeah, my fuck yeah was like, fuck oh, yeah, I'm Jessie. so I'm so glad that you were feeling well enough to do that. Yeah, and she luckily came up, and I was like, kind of feeling like, yeah. mm-hmm. but I was able to get like Nyquil in me and feel good, and I hadn't mm-hmm. had a fever in like 24 hours, so mm-hmm. I was not really contagious. But yeah. so, but she was like willing to just kind of like chill and stuff too. So it well, was perfect. It worked out yeah. fantastic. But it was it was great. Yay! So fuck yeah to that. Hell yeah! What's your fuck yeah? Um, my fuck yeah is also about Valentine's Day. Oh, um, kind of. Uh, so we're like, <laughs> Aaron's so silly. We were like, we're not getting each other gifts, and I was like, and okay, so my Psych. 
Oh, right. My like love language is gifts. Like I lo- and like your love language Aww. is like something that like, you like doing for other people too. So like I fucking love giving people like I, I love it so much. And I was like, okay, I have to be good. We said no gifts. Like uh-huh. I'm gonna be really good. It was really hard for me to like not get a gift because we were gonna you know go out to nice dinner or whatever. And so then Valentine morning of Valentine's Day, he's like set out on the counter like a cute little note. And then uh, he got me a gift, which first of all uh-huh. I was like, you said no gifts, and now I'm mad at you. But also he got me. My very first cookbook, um, which is it's called uh, "Cook This Book" um, by Molly Baz, and she used to work for Bon Appetit, and now she like mm. does her own channel on YouTube, and I love her, and she's hilarious, and her cookbook is amazing, and I Yay! cannot wait to cook out of it. So, um, thank you to my husband for my very first cookbook. He sent it to our house. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, how did like I was like, did you go to Powell's? And he was like, he was then he got really guilty. He's like, no, I went on Amazon. And I was like, oh, I didn't like see it on the Amazon thing. He's like, yeah, I had to send to like Robert's house, and I was like. You're so sneaky. He was sneaky because I opened the box because I was looking for something else. And so mm-hmm. I opened it for some reason and I saw the book and I thought Robert got it. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, Robert got me a cookbook. I was like, that's one thing that like, unless I ask for it, don't mm. don't get me cookbooks. Because mm. like, I don't really look at like unless I really want it and I'm yeah. like going through it for ideas. But I was yeah. like, oh, you're like, shit. you're like, this is not something that I will use. Like, oh, poor Robert. Oh. I was like, he's so sweet. And then when he was like, oh yeah, that's for Aaron. I was like, yes. You're like, nailed it. Like, I don't have to be mean. You're like, yeah, I don't have to like disappoint you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That was something that you're like, I don't want this. And I'm like, I love this. <laughs> yeah. But I'm so good. Yay. Yeah. Um, anything else before we should wrap it up? Um, just if you, if you like us, um, if you could like rate and review us on Spotify or Apple, um, if you could tell your friends, um, we also have that support us link, um, in our bio. Um, so if you feel like you want to give like 50 cents or a dollar to support us, uh, that would be super dope and cool. Um, but yeah, Definitely um, follow us on Instagram. Check us out. Send us emails. Uh, smoke signals. Smoke I, signals. I can't <laughs> promise that I'll see it, but um, you can do that and then let us know about it. Um, but yeah, that's all. And thank you to those of you who have already um, rated the podcast. That's really, really kind of you. Yes, um, thank you. If you have already rated the podcast, it would be super duper cool if you could like tap on a little review as well like tell oh, yeah. people like why like why do you yeah like, what it wh- is that you yeah because like. i because I, I think um it's hard for people to know like what to expect and so by having you like write out like oh these are things i like mm-hmm. enjoy about this thing about the podcast then people are more likely to give it a listen so we'd appreciate any yeah. help um be great yeah okay so join us for our next episode which is gonna be part two of sea of tranquility by emily st john mandel which mm-hmm. will be the second half of the book page 128 to the end yes, and yes. uh don't forget your bookmark and to lock the shed behind you Goodbye. Bye.